Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Well, thanks, Glenn, uh, for the, the welcome. And I uh, just want to uh, introduce myself and uh, my family. Let's see if the PowerPoint's uh, working. There we go. And just to introduce uh, the family, uh, we've got three kids, Callum, uh, Lydia, and Amy. And yeah, we've been serving in uh, Papua New Guinea uh, since 2003. And uh, I grew up in uh, Limbavadi for most of my growing up years. And my wife, uh, Leslie, uh, grew up uh, in Donagadee. And we're both so thankful for our rich uh, Christian uh, heritage and upbringing, being brought up in Christian families, and having so many youth organizations um, that have impacted us, such for myself, Boys Brigade, I uh, went right through until uh, Queen's Badge, and also later uh, going off to university, the Christian unions uh, as well had a massive impact on both of our lives. Leslie and I met each other at the University of Ulster uh, at Jordanstown, and um, in the preceding uh, time from that, afterwards I, I left Jordanstown, I went to do a postgrad in England, and it was during that time I was challenged about missionary teaching, um, and I, it was amazing, I'd grown up in the church here in Northern Ireland, and I didn't really have an awareness that there were so many mission schools around the planet that needed uh, teachers, so I was very challenged uh, during that time. But it wasn't until uh, later that God uh, took me overseas. He planted that seed in my heart uh, at that time. Um, we went on a short-term mission trip with New Tribes Mission in 1999 to the Philippines. And I think both of us were very challenged about what we saw there. I went into a remote tribal uh, group where the gospel had only been presented, I think, 10 years previous. And just to see the hunger that people had for God's word, it put me to shame to think I'd had the Bible my entire life, and yet it just sat on a shelf a lot of the time. And yet these people were just so hungry for it. I came back changed, um, a changed person. I think we both did, uh, with a view to committing our lives more, more long-term to the work overseas. We got married in 2001, and I uh, got involved in King's Fellowship, and now King's Church here in Bangor. And we were sent out by them in 2003. We went out to work with an organization called New Tribes, as I've mentioned already. It was started by Paul Fleming, an American missionary to uh, Malaysia, and he started the organization in 1942. Uh, he uh, was working in a town and village in Malaysia, and people were coming from really remote areas to where he was working. They heard the gospel, and they were basically saying, Paul, you need to come and tell us this message. My people group need to hear this message. We're only four days walk away over three mountain ranges. And he's kind of like, how can I do this? Anyway, um, he fell into ill health and he was so burdened for these people, these hard to get to people. He went back to the United States and he started New Tribes Mission in 42. And now, New Tribes Mission is one of the biggest evangelical missionary organizations on the planet. We've got two and a half thousand missionaries uh, from 50 different nationalities. Uh, we're training missionaries in 12 uh, different countries. We work in 40 different countries around the world. 
and we're serving in 270 people groups. Praise God. Uh, Our purpose, uh, motivated by the love of Christ and empowered by the Holy Spirit, New Tribe's mission exists to assist the ministry of the local church through mobilizing, equipping, coordinating of believers to evangelize unreached people groups, translate the scriptures, and see indigenous churches established that truly glorify God. That is what we are about as a mission. We want to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. That is a priority for us. We want to take the gospel to the people that are hardest to get to, the people in the absolute middle of nowhere who've never had a chance to hear the gospel. And we're so blessed here in Northern Ireland, aren't we? I talked about my Christian heritage. I'm sure it's the same for many of you. How many times have we heard the gospel here in Northern Ireland? There's churches on nearly every corner of our towns. There's enough of us here to get the job done. And I was challenged about the needs out there, thinking of tribal groups who perhaps had never heard the gospel once. What a challenge. So, we're reminded by that passage from Romans chapter 15 and verse 20, where Paul had that desire to take the gospel to people who had never heard it before. That was Paul's desire, wasn't it? And uh, so, I think God wants to get our attention with Papua New Guinea this evening. Max did a great job, didn't he, of uh, sharing about the work of MAF and featured uh, Papua New Guinea at one point. And um, we worked very closely with MAF out in PNG, as you'll discover as as I go through the presentation this evening. So, yes, some facts. An island nation about four times the size of uh, the British Isles. Uh, The population has grown. I think Max mentioned about 6.5. It's actually grown now to about 7.7, maybe even closer to 8 million people. There's a lot of people there who just don't register with the government. Uh, they're very remote places. Uh, there's approximately about 830 to 860 different language groups. 17% of all the languages on the planet. Isn't that incredible, guys? 17% of all the languages on the planet in a population of somewhere between 6.5 to 8 million people. It's a developing country. We've had missionaries come from Bolivia, and uh, their comment about PNG was, Bolivia was a third world country. Papua New Guinea is a fifth world country. It's very undeveloped. Okay, most of the people live very simply. Um, They uh, eat what they grow. Okay, and urbanization is bringing big challenges. A lot of younger people are coming out to the towns, and they're going from remote tribal life to being in towns with internet cafes. We had hundreds of years to transition to the modern life. It's just happening overnight for some of the younger generation in PNG. Animistic tribal beliefs permeate the country. Yes, in the main towns and cities, there are churches. And the country sees itself as a Christian nation. But the majority of people in rural and remote areas, their their animistic beliefs are still very prevalent. And yes, some of the old traditional denominations, um, Christian denominations, maybe were there back in the, from the 40s or 50s, but um, in many places, it's just form. There's no life in the church. And uh, one of our big jobs is getting into some of these places and discipling the people and showing them God's truth from God's Word once again. And um, limited education. 
The government has introduced free education a number of years ago, but the infrastructure was not ready. There's schools uh, of 3,000 students when the infrastructure suggests maybe 800 to 1,000 students. In the school 15 kilometers from us in our local town, they have class sizes of 80 students in a class, three to a desk, 15 students standing around the back, not even any seats for them. So there's challenges with education uh, in Papua New Guinea. Well, what are the consequences for missionaries uh, in this remote uh, part of the world? What does this mean for missionaries and their families? We have this desire to get out into these remote areas. Well, let's see. Let's see if this little video is going to work. Maybe not. Maybe my colleague at the back could just see if we can get that to play. It's an example of some of the, the quality of the roads uh, in PNG. Okay, anybody fancy driving that road to work every day? Challenging, okay, challenging. And um, that's a road that uh, goes to one of our tribal church planting locations. And really, it's just too difficult uh, for the missionaries to, to use the road any, anymore. Too challenging. Um, so, aviation uh, is uh, the way forward. And it's, it ties in beautifully with what Max was sharing and the work with MAF. Uh, we also have our own aviation department in New Tribes Mission. And uh, we have a helicopter and uh, three aircraft that the Lord has blessed us with. And um, we use that to get our missionaries, of course, in and out of very uh, remote places. Uh, incredible rivers in PNG. The Sepik River, incredibly difficult uh, terrain in the northwestern part of the, the nation. So a lot of challenges uh, for missionaries. Elevated traveling costs. This is a picture of one of our Kodiak aircraft. And God has provided three new 10-seater Kodiak aircraft to the field of Papua New Guinea within the last three years. Three or four years ago, we had no money. We needed new mission aircraft. And uh, we were praying. And uh, here we are, three or four years later. God has provided three brand new aircraft. And we give him praise and thanks for that. And um, there's some of the aviation team out there. We have uh, our pilots, our mechanics, who work faithfully. Uh, in support work uh, to keep our planes and our helicopter uh, running. And here's a little, uh, I think there's a little video coming up in a minute. Let's see. Let's see if we can get it to work. This is just a little example of our, uh, our aviation program. I'm just going to sit down. This is just three minutes long, even though it says here. Pocket Tower, November Tango Hotel is north of Beam, uh, 900,000, currently 7 miles. Grumbin 27. November Tango Hotel.
All right, we're here at the Hewa tribe in a, I mean, a very remote location in Papua New Guinea. In the background, you can hear a horn that uh, they're blowing right now to send out a message to all the people in the area that they need to gather for a meeting. Uh, this location, it's approximately a two-day hike from the nearest airstrip. It's in just rugged terrain, rugged, rugged mountains. Um, a lot of the mountains between in this vicinity are over 10,000 feet, and uh, and it's just covered in rainforest. I had, uh, had the opportunity to go to Africa and see how aviation was help, helping them meet a need at bringing their church planners out to the bush, bringing sick patients in that would have had no opportunity for medical care otherwise. And what just excited me about New Tribes was the fact that I could do aviation but serving the church planning effort specifically. And I felt like help with some physical needs, but more than that, help with spiritual needs and make sure the gospel was getting to remote places that would have never had it otherwise. The Hewa people don't live in one village. They live scattered all over these mountains, like the ones you can see behind us. But here we are in the middle of Hewa territory. Why? Because we need to tell the message of the Bible to the people who have never heard it before. My goal was to get involved with somewhere where aviation was a necessity for missions. And, um, and here, there's no other way to get missionaries in and out of these locations except with aviation. Specifically here at, uh, at Hewa, Jonathan and Susan, if they were to try to do this another way, they'd, like, the closest airstrip to them is, um, is a two-day hike and yet it just takes us eight minutes to fly with a helicopter. Is It's got to be done with aviation, and that's the story all over this country. We feel an urgency to get the gospel out, and how efficient it is when you have a team to make that happen. What's really happening here is a result of what they're doing back home as well. It's not just me here on the ground or the church planners sharing the gospel. It's It takes the whole team, and uh, it's, uh, it's exciting to see. that gives you an idea of just the ruggedness of the terrain and uh, many of our works are helicopter uh, only and ourselves and uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators they have a helicopter and uh, we're able to get into uh, some of these uh, really uh, remote places. Jonathan Kopf who was featured there he's written a book called Canopy of Darkness I encourage you to get a copy of it incredible book it's one of those missionary books you just can't put down. So the road that I showed you a little bit earlier that's the road into where these this family are working. I want to feature uh, this, this evening just a couple of families that we are supporting out there in PNG. This is the Chapel family, and they have been learning uh, the tribal language of the Menu people in the Menu Valley for the last uh, four to five years. And Wes has just finally uh, got the language. Uh, they've had some uh, partners join them, the Osborne family, and they're going to be presenting the gospel. Uh, in that uh, location uh, very, very soon. Helicopter location. Uh, next slide. Let's see. There we go. Another family that we're supporting, uh, a couple of families, the Lenses and the Hullies. The Hullies are from Cardiff uh, in Wales, and they've been working alongside the Lenses in the Waggy group uh, now since uh, 2007. There's their houses. Um, in a quite re- remote place in the highlands of PNG. And uh, our mission 
we uh, like to teach uh, through the Bible chronologically. We're going to learn the people's language, however long that takes. We're going to learn their culture. We're going to teach literacy courses uh, whilst we're translating the Bible because we want people to be actually able to read the Bible. Uh, They started their first literacy course in 2011, and they presented the gospel, and they have uh, a small group of believers there, maybe about 30 believers uh, now in that place, and they're continuing to teach the people and disciple them from Acts and Romans, as well as translating, starting to translate the New Testament, faithful folk uh, out in remote areas. And here's a picture of some of the believers in North Wagi, and we praise God uh, for them. Another uh, group. Not too sure what's happening here. Oh, yes. There's a little video here I want to show you. Maybe you can just get it to play. just featuring some of our uh, church planting colleagues in the Powell people group with the messy uh, folk there. And uh, we praise God that recently they did another uh, stage of teaching, and we now have about 200 uh, believers uh, in, in that group as well, in a very rugged uh, helicopter location in the highlands of uh, PNG. And just to give you some uh, facts about these guys, they're continuing to help those young believers to grow and to mature. And uh, they, like I said, they recently taught through uh, phase one again, and um, just tremendous things going on there, and a lot of literacy students uh, as well. So three families. I wanted to mention uh, this family as well. Uh, this is a family that have really phased out of the work now, and we're very faithful 
in their church planting efforts in PNG. They came to PNG as a young couple back in the 1950s, and they weren't into the Hamtai tribe. And now today there's uh, 50 churches uh, established with indigenous, indigenous church with their own elders left behind in that place. So I just wanted to show you different stages of the, of the work. Uh, Menya, very early stage, people learning the culture and the language. Uh, Pal and Wagi, where we have uh, an established church and we're continuing to disciple uh, the believers uh, there and to translate God's word. And here we have uh, really what we're about. We want to be working ourselves out of a job. We want to be leaving behind an indigenous church uh, with their own elders and able to teach themselves with God's word. This was when they were giving over the New Testament uh, to the, the people and saying goodbye. So has it been worth it leaving Northern Ireland and going to PNG and serving in support work? Yes, it's been worth it. Since 2003, we've seen probably 15 new tribal groups reached for the Lord Jesus Christ. 15 new groups. It's been worth it. This is where we've been serving. This is the New Tribes Mission headquarters in Papua New Guinea. This is our support center, okay? And we're there to mobilize, equip, and support those guys that are out there in very remote places. This is where our pilots live. This is where our mechanics live. This is where we have a medical clinic. This is where our school is. Um, We have a finance office. We have a dental clinic. We have a store. Uh, It's all there um, in the Lapalo Center. It's been our privilege, my wife and I's privilege, to serve here since uh, 2003. That is how many people it takes in support work to keep 30 tribal works going for New Tribes Mission in Papua New Guinea. These are my fellow teachers. These are my uh, people, uh, Leslie's fellow colleagues from the medical clinic and many of the other support services that I've just mentioned. That's us with our families and our children. Just a picture of the NTM Medical Clinic. And just to talk a little bit, Leslie will be talking a little bit more on Thursday afternoon about her work. But I just wanted to mention it this evening. Uh, she serves alongside a couple of doctors and uh, nurses there in our little med clinic, providing physiotherapy. And here we have some pictures of her treating some uh, a little national boy from one of our remote tribal locations and an MAF, a wife of an MAF pilot, uh, actually uh, in the clinic. And... Um, Here's a couple more pictures of Leslie with the doctors. And uh, she works from, goes to people's houses sometimes on the center to provide uh, physiotherapy treatment uh, for them. And if you come on Thursday afternoon, you'll be able to hear a little bit more about that, that medical work. So I've been teaching in the school since 2003. And here are my colleagues uh, in uh, NCA, Numenoy uh, Christian Academy. And uh, we have about 150, anywhere between 150 to 200 students from uh, the very early stages of the primary system right through until um, A-level standard um, out there. So I've been teaching uh, a Bible class. I've been teaching geography and history. I've been teaching physical education. I've been coordinating the after-school uh, after sports program. I've been working with a lot of Uh, PNG skills to get them a little bit more organized with sports competitions and building relationships with uh, a lot of those uh, skills uh, since 2003. So it's a real mixture of classroom teaching and teaching outside. My day starts at 7.45 in the morning with Bible class. 
So, uh, and usually finishes around sort of quarter to six. And there's a few other pictures of sports teams. And um, I don't usually wear a shirt. I'm usually dressed in, in uh, physical education, kind of teaching clothing when I'm out there. So, to finish with uh, this evening, I want to just challenge you with the great support needs that we have. Here's a picture of a dentist that we had a number of years ago. Came out for a couple of years from the United States. We have a state-of-the-art dental clinic. We've got no dentist. Teachers, at the minute, our school is hurting badly for teachers. Mathematics and science especially. Primary, we're always in need of primary school teachers to teach uh, at our school, working behind the scenes. Um, business office team, perhaps you're an accountant or work in a finance office. We could do with your help in Papua New Guinea. Technology support. Most of our missionaries uh, in rural areas are using computers every day. They're using computers to translate the Bible. They're using computers to print lessons and prepare lessons to teach the people. And the computers sometimes don't work uh, too well. So we have a computer support department on our mission center. Perhaps you work in the computer industry or the information uh, communication technology industry. Why not think about coming to the mission field and being, uh, using your skills as a missionary? And of course, our medical team. We're always in need of nurses and doctors uh, out there uh, to help on our medical team. Clerical staff as well. We need secretaries. We need people uh, who understand uh, that world. And uh, we have some faithful people who have done that. But many of us on the support center were wearing lots and lots of different hats. And yes, we could use many more people uh, to come. And if the Lord's challenging you with that this evening, be sure to come and speak to me uh, afterwards at the stalls. Store and tribal supply. Who's going to buy all of the, the things that our, our remote tribal missionaries need? Who's going to get it for them? Who's going to give it to our aviation team in the morning so they can fly it out to them? We need a missionaries who are prepared to work behind the scenes uh, in that work uh, as well. And of course, center maintenance. We've got a big center there. We need people who are electricians, people who are carpenters, people who are plumbers, people who just have the hands-on skills to do these things. We are hurting badly for people like that. If that's you this evening, why not think about going to the mission field and using the skills that God's given you for missions and for His glory in somewhere like Papua New Guinea? Short-term opportunities. Just as I finish, I want to give you all time to get in there to the halls and visit with the, uh, lots of missionary stalls uh, th this evening. Short-term opportunities. My wife and I went on a three-week team, summit team. We did the um, associate program as well for two years, and now we're full-time. Lots of opportunities for young people to get involved in our summit teams. Three weeks uh, each summer. Why not think about coming and joining us, going to Brazil, going to Papua New Guinea, going to Indonesia on one of our short-term mission trips. We have an interface program that lasts for six weeks. It's designed for students and really goes through exactly what we do and how we go about reaching uh, remote peoples uh, across the world. And of course, there's the associate program. You can come and serve from six months to four years. 
Use your professional skills. Use the skills that God's given you in support work. And I want to throw out this challenge to you this evening. Missions is not just for young people. Okay? You might be um, the later stages of life. You may be retired. We've had retired people come out and serve in the school, uh, in the finance office, in our aviation department, and give five years, even ten years of their lives after retirement in their home country. Don't think I'm letting you off the hook this evening just because you're retired. God might want to use you in somewhere like Papua New Guinea, behind the scenes in support work. And the great thing is, for retired people, you don't need to raise support. You could just come tomorrow. I want to leave you with a quote from Isabel Kuhn. I believe that in each generation, God has called enough men and women to evangelize all the yet unreached tribes of the earth. It is not God who does not call. It is man who will not respond. Will more of us from Northern Ireland not go out to the world? There's so many of us in this country. I'm reminded of that every time I come home. There's so many churches in this nation. There's so many of us here to get the job done in this place. And there's people on the other side of the world, in places like Papua New Guinea, and they're asking us, please send us missionaries. And we're like, we don't have anybody. Would you think about coming and joining us overseas? And please pray for the the works that I've shown you there tonight. Menya, pray for Menya. Pray for the chapels and the Osbournes. Pray for the Hullies and the Lenses in Wagi. Pray for the three families in Pal, the Classeans, the Hostetters, and the Fackners. And give thanks for uh, the retired missionaries, Tom and Corrine Palmer, and their faithfulness to God. Pray for these guys, please. Pray that more people would catch the vision to leave their comfortable lives in places like Northern Ireland and in the UK and step out in faith and take the gospel to the end of the earth. Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.